Hello there, Andy Peters here on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose Podcast. Let's see what we've got in store this week. Lightning Seeds legend Ian Brodie zooms in to share his new single, Sunshine, which is out now. We get green-fingered with Adam Frost as he answers some burning gardening questions and tells us all about his new tour, An Evening with Adam Frost. Show chef Martha's back. Yes, yes, yes. She's cooking up a gorgeous summer salad and serving a Sunday dessert. And let's give Guess the Guest another go. So it's been a long time since we've had some new music from Lightning Seeds. Wow, has the music scene changed from vinyl to downloads? Actually, have you adjusted well to that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a whole different planet, isn't it? I remember when Pure came out, I actually I didn't have a record contract, which at the time without streaming was, you know, was pretty, uh, it was unusual that you could release anything. And we had 500 copies pressed up and we hired a guy called Scott Peering, who was a, a radio plugger. Yeah, I, rem- I know the name. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a lovely man. And uh, he said, I love this, you know, I'm going to, going to take it in and, you know, let's see what we can do with 500 copies. And it pretty much changed my life, to be honest. So it was a, it was a real, pivotal moment i'm not sure you, you could do that now but it would be in a totally different way on facebook and social media and a whole probably be easier and actually well it, there'd be less legwork certainly that's for sure because you'd be sitting behind your desk and emailing it to people i suppose but look you've got your seventh album um out it's called see you in the stars it's i mean again it's what you do and you've all done you know and you've done so well for many many years um yeah well i mean it's i kind of guess um it's what I do is, is write tunes. There's been, there's been a big gap in between because I think sometimes I've, I've really enjoyed being just a troubadour, sort of playing in the summer around the country, not really doing that much touring, but just not thinking about new music, just playing the old songs and enjoying them. Because I think at the time you kind of worry yourself through, through everything because it seems to matter so much. So I wanted to just enjoy playing them to people. And then gradually, I suppose then you write a few tunes and you think, oh, I'd love people to hear these. And all of a sudden you're doing a new album. Which is fantastic. How long did it take to write from start to finish? Uh, well, I really didn't start in earnest. It, it, in a funny way, it, it took a long time between albums, but actually making the record and writing it was pretty quick. It was, um, I did write two of the songs about a couple of years before, but most of them I wrote about seven months ago. Okay, so uh, again, I, I've, I mean, I know you find this hard to believe. I've never actually written a song myself, but I suppose it's quite an intense thing to do. Are you a lock yourself? In, I was going to say lock yourself in your bedroom, but you're a pop star, so you probably have a huge studio. Are you a lock yourself in your studio kind of person and sort of get it done, or do you suddenly, in the middle of having breakfast, go, "I've got a song in my head"? Do you know, I, I sing uh, melodies and ideas into my phone all the time. And then over the years, I found that when I go back to them, I don't know what they're all about. They sound like nonsense. So then I got into the habit of talking, singing a little idea and talking about it. And I found that really helpful because when you put it into words and you explain what you're thinking, it's uh, it becomes a kind of when you come back to them a long time later, if they withstand that kind of treatment and they still sound okay, you kind of know it's one that maybe is worth pursuing. And I think that's that's the thing is knowing which idea to go with. Yeah, I I can imagine. Now, the single, I mean, rather aptly, is called Sunshine. Tell me a bit about writing that song. Well, I I was going through, actually, I wrote that song. A lot of people are saying this, but I can't avoid saying it, you know, during the pandemic. 
and I was kind of watching the news and it was like the world was collapsing, America was going mad. And I, I kept waking up with these, um, you know, panic attacks and you wake up and think, no, it's okay. And then I used to maybe get a cup of coffee or, you know, a mint tea or something and go and sit on the roof and then the world would wake up. And somehow, you know, when the sun would shine, every day is a new day and every day you get another chance. And it just it was that thought, really. And I wrote the lyrics and it was so it was pretty much about that and about the idea that there's always another day. There's always another chance. And somehow when the sun shines, things just feel better. I think you write happy songs. Is that sort of who you are? Probably my inclination is to be a bit blue. Oh. When I started writing lightning, with pure Lightning Seed songs, I wanted them to feel really positive. I think sometimes sad songs can make you feel really elated. You know, you feel really good and emotional and the reverse. So, but I wanted to, I think with Lightning Seeds, there's a kind of push-pull. And I think that's, in a way, I always think this could be a Lightning Seed song when I've written a lyric, if it has that kind of, they're, they're fairly sad lyrics, but they make you feel happy well do you know i mean if you think about your song from what 92 one of my favorite actually one of my favorite songs ever life of riley i think i have nothing but feel happy and again it's about your son so it must make you feel happy yeah 100 percent, and it's it's great actually because uh riley plays guitar with me now so sometimes singing that song on stage with him standing next to me it's quite a funny... We have to avoid each other's... We don't look at each other too much, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Do you know, I don't know if you... Oh, wait, I'm just looking at my producer because I don't know if we can ever play three songs by the same artist in a row on the radio. But I do love that song. I'm going... I'm. I'm you're, you don't look at your son on when you're on stage together playing. I'm looking at the producer, making eye contact, thinking, is he going... <laughs> are we going to rule break extraordinaire and play three of your songs in one go? I'm hoping it's going to be a yes. But talking about playing alongside your son, you've got a tour later this year haven't you yeah october well october november end of october into november and um yeah we're really looking forward to it we don't tour that often we did a 25 year anniversary tour of jog vacation a couple of years ago but uh this is great we're going to play a couple of songs a couple of new songs and a lot of the old songs and hopefully it's going to be a bit of a party and if anyone wants to go uh, online, lightningseeds.co.uk is where you can get your tickets. Got a, um, you, you've beaten me to it, but Caroline Mockridge um, tweeted a question asking, out of your whole back catalogue, do you have any particular song that is your absolute favourite to play live? So when we see you play live, what should we listen out for? Well, uh, you know, I love playing Pure. Um, I like play a lot of the songs. They all sort of take a life of their own on and they take... A different song, a different audience. That's the great thing about playing live is every time you do it, it's a different experience and a different audience will react a certain way. I mean, at the moment when we're playing in the summer, I think the biggest reaction is probably Life of Riley, actually. People seem to love that in the sun, in a field somewhere. That's one that they really get into. But it kind of changes around. Okay. So, I mean, I said it's my favourite song. Um, I, I have a computer screen here. Ian, and I look at it and I can see that the song has been loaded. So uh, certainly, for, hey, certainly for my show, this is going to be a first. Uh, but you are playing tonight as well, aren't you? We are in Somerset, I believe, in Godney Gathering. Godney Gathering, that's a great name for a festival. Yeah, I love yeah, the sound of that. Like I've never been before, but I'm looking forward to it. We're on very late, actually, on 11 o'clock, which I don't think I've ever been on that late. So uh, I better kind of 
take a lot of um you need a, you need a na- well, you need a nana nap now or later yeah, on this afternoon yeah. a little a little siesta. lie down yeah a little siesta uh, to get yourself ready very quickly what do you think of some of the new artists who are singer songwriters at the moment sam fender george ezra i mean uh, you know what do you think of those guys i mean hopefully in 15 years they'll still be writing songs like you yeah i mean I, it's such such a lot of talent out there at the moment you know and i think in some ways the way music's consumed radio and spotify it's the era of the song isn't it it's it, the song is yeah. is king and I've, i'm a big fan of of that really i love songs and i probably when i was a kid more I, there was a few artists i absolutely adored but a lot of the time it would just be a lot of songs from different people and at the moment there's so many great songs around it's interesting. I've always been a songs person. I've never been an albums person. So again, the way we consume music now, I can just get the song I want. I don't need to get the whole album. Just get the song I want. A little bit of this here, a little bit of that there. And it works for me. What was the last song you played that wasn't one of your own? Oh, what was the last song? We were actually, we were travelling back from Sunderland in the van last night and we were playing all sorts of things. And now it's gone right out of my head. Okay. But, a, uh, a good old mishmash. The Simon and Garfunkel, Cecilia was the last thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's not what I was expecting. Well, look, the single Sunshine is out now. The new album, See You in the Stars, is out on Friday, the 14th of October. I think that's correct. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. Okay, well, do you know what? I am sure. So take it from me. October the 14th at lightningseeds.co.uk if we want to go and see you play live. Ian, thank you so much for talking to us today. Really lovely chatting to you. See you soon. Take care. Still to come, Adam Frost tells us all about his autumn tour. An evening with Adam Frost. He's a gardener, don't you know? But first, let's cross to the kitchen and see what our show chef Martha's been up to. Lovely to see you again. Yes, nice you've to got, see you too. You've got me for a fair few weeks. You do realise oh, this. Oh, put um, your orders in. Yeah, and my huge uh, ribs, please. Okay. I love spare ribs and they're so hard to get right. Ooh, I like how you were completely ready for me to ask that question. When it comes to food, I've always got an answer, let me assure you. Ribs, okay. Ribs. We'll see what we can do. I like ribs and desserts. Okay, well, we've got a dessert tomorrow. Have we really? Oh, yeah, it's already being made. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So what have you brought for us today? So today I've got something lovely and fresh, summery salad. So this is a grilled peach and burrata salad with pistachio pesto. Oh, so it sounds delicious. Barbecue, I mean, it's perfect for a barbecue. Perfect to have as a starter, as a main, as a side. Absolutely. Easy to easy to construct, because I suppose there's not much making. Yeah, pretty easy to construct. It's a recipe by Samantha Evans and Shauna Gwynn, um, and it's part of a barbecue feature in the Waitrose Food magazine, where there's all these lovely barbecue recipes, but you're supposed to. I did it in the kitchen, because it's possible to do that. But you can grill your peaches and your courgette on the barbecue. If so you, you wanted be, to. If you wanted to. If you were doing a barbecue anyway, and you wanted a lovely side salad... Put that in, put it on top. All right, well, we will go through how to make it, but I think this is where I get to taste it. Oh, yeah, you've got to have some. Okay, I mean, look, (laughs) I have to say, often when you get these things in magazines, you see the picture, you go, wow, it looks great in the picture, and then when you make it yourself, it never looks the same. Yours looks better than the picture. Oh, thank you. I cannot lie, yours looks better (laughs) than the picture. Well, that's that's a real compliment. (laughs) Honestly, you've promised me a dessert tomorrow. I'll say anything you want. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'm going to try the grilled peach and burrata salad with a pistachio pesto. Talk us through the method. Method whilst I just ch- chow down. 
on the rest of that burrata. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to start by grilling our peaches and our courgettes. So you want to take four juicy ripe peaches, halve them, brush them with a little bit of oil and either stick them on your barbecue for a couple of minutes so you get those lovely griddle lines or you can do it in a frying pan or under the grill. Um, they cook for a few minutes and then they come off to cool down slightly whilst you make your pesto. So you can do this in a pestle and mortar if mm-hmm. you feel like putting in the effort. But in this weather, nobody wants to be doing that. <laughs> so get yourself out your little blender and you want to blitz up some garlic, some pistachio nuts, a little bit of basil, some parmigiano-reggiano. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I love that. A little bit of lemon juice. Um, blitz it all together with some olive oil. It makes this lovely, vibrant green pesto. And we're using the pistachios instead of the pine kernels. So it gives it a really lovely sweetness. And then we are going to assemble our salad. So it's a packet of Waitrose Wild Rocket Salad, which has got some lovely different leaves in there. Arrange over your courgette and your peaches, drizzle over that pesto, and then the star of the show is, of course, the burrata, which I think are very popular these days, because when I went to Waitrose to get my burrata, there was no burrata on the shelves, and I had to ask the very helpful shop assistants if they could get me one out the back. (laughs) Well, do you know what? I said this earlier. When it's sunny weather like now, you need to go to the supermarket first thing in the morning. (laughs) You need to get there and get your shop done, because... All the sort of summary stuff goes first. Yeah, everyone's planning their picnics. If you want burrata, I recommend you've got to go. You've either got to go late at night when they've done the restock, yeah, or first thing in the morning. Queue yeah, up. I love a handy tip like that. <laughs> Do you know what? Ask ask the members of staff. Oh, what time's the next delivery? Just asking for a friend, and then you know <laughs> when you need to be there. So those are all the components. It's actually quite. How long did it take you to assemble? So if kind of with the even with the cooking, it's kind of at least a twenty-five minute mm-hmm. maximum. It's really simple, and you can make your pesto in advance, and you probably have a little bit of pesto left over, which is delicious in pasta salads yeah. or kind of on a fried egg in the morning. Yeah, it's a really good recipe. I sprinkled over a few whole pistachios at the end as well. Just yeah, for a we're bit of just chewing those now. Added crunch. Yeah, and also with the grilling of the peach, because again. Traditionally, we wouldn't think to put a peach near anything to cook it. (laughs) You don't want it to go completely soft. No, you don't. So you literally just want it to be on there for kind of three minutes max and get those lovely griddle lines. It starts to caramelise and cook that under layer. But barbecued peaches are lovely as a dessert as well. Okay, my with dad ice cream used, or something. Oh, yeah. My dad used to do them. He'd soak the peaches in amaretto liqueur and Ooh. then he'd put it on the barbecue and then have it with vanilla ice cream and some amaretti biscuits. Mm. Oh, what a great idea. Yeah, got to be done. Well, I've, I mean, I have tried it, obviously. Uh, and what with me being a MasterChef, celeb MasterChef judge, I mean, just saying, I don't like to mention it, and I, should, I, should, I really should have won. <laughs> no pressure for me. Uh, what I love is, obviously, if you haven't tried burrata, it's a, it's kind of a more upmarket mozzarella. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, so therefore you could substitute with mozzarella, I think, if you wanted to. Uh, you get the real... The, the burrata is so creamy. It's so incredible. It's like a dip in some ways. It, a, a, just of a runny cheese. The sweetness of the peaches is fantastic, but you get a tiny bit of smoke from the griddle marks. And then, of course, the pistachio with a really fragrant... That hint of garlic, but that pow from... The pow from pistachio... <laughs> It's delicious. It's really, really delicious. Where can I get the recipe? Oh, I'm so glad you've enjoyed it. You can find the recipe at waitress.com forward slash show chef where all the recipes that we do on the show reside. And it's also in this um, month's issue of the Waitrose food magazine. Oh, well, <laughs> it really is absolutely <laughs> delicious. I can't tell you. Oh. And you said tomorrow we've got dessert. Yep, tomorrow we're having a lovely citrusy dessert. Oh, no, I don't like citrus. Oh, dear. No joke. Oh, I was like, <laughs> it's already been made. <laughs> you're going to eat it and you're going to like it. Martha, thank you so much. 
Andy Peters on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. Martha, hello. Hello. How are you? Nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. I am good, thank you. Bit hot. Oh, really? <laughs> but I'm good. <laughs> well, look, this is that thing, right? It's just hot. It's just heat. Touch wood, we'll all survive. <laughs> The tubes won't run. The trains are going to stop. <laughs> the world isn't ending. Get the paddling pool it's out. It's just too hot. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you've made me something delightful. Yesterday we had a really nice burrata salad, mm. which was sensational with roasted peaches. What have you made today? So we've got dessert today. This is a lemon and rosemary posset with raspberries and chocolate and almond bark. Can I say, I always get sent a picture of what it's going to be. And yet again, your plating is better than the picture. Oh, wow. You've done such a great job. (laughs) Now, does it take long to prepare? No. Does it take long to eat? I hope not. I will put it to the (laughs) test. It is absolutely delicious. So firstly, I mean, what is a posset? So a posset is a very simple dessert. It dates back to the 16th century, would you believe? It's a very old, a classic British staple. Okay, and it's a cream-based dessert, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's cream-based, and then it is. you have to add some kind of acidic juice, so lemon or grapefruit, something like that, and mm-hmm. then it's got sugar. And it's literally, the posset part of it is three ingredients. It's so simple, and when people look at it, when you pull it out of the fridge, people think, oh... They've been making custard. They've been getting mm-hmm. the gelatin out. All of those kind of slightly scary kitchen things, like mm. having to set custard to the right consistency or getting the right amount of gelatin in there to get that wobble. Posset takes all the fear away because it's literally just three ingredients. You'll always get a good set because acid and cream together will make this lovely the- thickened mixture. So yeah. it's a real impressive but very simple, deceptively simple recipe. So <laughs> you said it's just lemon, yep. some rosemary, some cream. Yeah. That you, what, just boil together or so, do you heat it? Is it a heated one or not? Yep, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. It's got to be heated. Um, yeah, so classic posset would just be lemon juice, sugar and cream. But we're adding a bit of rosemary in here mm. just to make it a little bit bougie. A little I bit of freshness. Say, you immediately, I was worried that you wouldn't be able to taste the rosemary but you immediately get it and as you say it's it's quite floral in a way yeah for sure and you could put other things in there if you wanted to like lavender or thyme whatever herb you've got that are a bit woody a bay leaf would be lovely as well Mm. so that what you do is you put the lemon zest and your herbs the rosemary into the cream bring it up to the boil and then leave it to infuse for half an hour if you don't want the herbs in there you don't need to do that so you bring it up to the boil then just switch it off and leave it to infuse switch it off leave it to infuse and you want to pick out your herbs and your lemon zest because you don't want to be chewing down on one of those in your little cup (laughs) And then we're going to bring it back up to the boil. It boils for three minutes. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry, the sugar goes in at the beginning as well. I forgot yeah, to add that. Yeah. Um, and then we literally add in the lemon juice and you will notice the mixture will immediately thicken. If you add lemon juice to milk, it will curdle. But to cream, because the fat content's a bit higher, it will make this lovely smooth kind of thick liquid, like a custard. Yeah. Pour it into your cups, put it in the fridge. That will take about two or three hours to set or you can leave it overnight. And then we're going to make a little bit of bark, which is a posh word for a piece of chocolate with yeah. some nuts in it. You've basically made a whole nut. Yes. I mean, basically, that's what you've made. So, again, just talk us through that because I would say that when you look at it, that would be difficult. But it's not that difficult, is it? No, it's really not that difficult. It's melting some dark chocolate um, and then we're putting in some blanched almonds. I've just toasted in a pan to get them a little bit um, chocolatey. But as we were just saying, in the break, if you don't want to be making bark, you could literally crush up some nuts sprinkle them on top and then grate some chocolate over the top or make little shards and you get all those lovely flavours that complement the lemon and then I've just scattered over it a couple of um, Waitrose essential raspberries grown in the UK really kind of fresh and really sweet this time of year as well so they go really nicely with that little lemon oh 
I have to say, it is so, so, so delicious. Easy to make, not too big a portion, so yes. just quite right. It feels like a proper treat. And as you say, it's a bit of a showstopper. When you bring it out, people are like, oh, <coughs> you made that. You're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I made that. And you can build up, you can cut those shards. So you went to a chocolate set, you want to basically chop it up and you can make them as tall as you possibly can. Mm. So it has this impact. They could be as <laughs> tall as the shard itself, <laughs> which we can sort of see out of the window, yeah. sort of. Okay, look, Martha, fantastic job. Two great courses over two days. If you want to, well, if you want to have a go at making this or what Martha made yesterday or anything she's made on the show, head straight to waitrose.com forward slash show chef. Uh, alternatively, if you go onto the Virgin Radio Instagram at Virgin Radio UK, you can find it there. Martha, do you already know what you're going to be making next week? I do. Oh. I do. Next week, we're having a little feast surrounded with cherries. So two courses, both featuring cherries. My mouth is salivating. <laughs> Martha, thank you very much. See you next week. See you next week. Andy Peters on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. I have a guest. Um, it's the lovely Adam Frost. Now, Adam, good morning. Morning, my friend. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for travelling down to see us today. Absolute pleasure. Now, Adam... If we don't, for those who don't know, you are a gardener. You're on Gardener's World. You also take, you're a garden designer, an award-winning garden designer at that. Congratulations. I've never won. I've never won. I did win the Smash It's Poll in this party once, but forget it. It was rubbish. Well, it wasn't rubbish. It was quite, anyway, enough. So tell me, you've won awards. You're on Gardener's World. You're going on tour. I can't make that all work in my head. So do you come out and go, hello, Wembley? Here are you, some daffodils. You can actually see it on your face that you're slightly confused. I'm so confused. Um, if I'm really honest, when someone phoned me and said, do you fancy going on tour, travelling the country and talking about your life in gardening? I was slightly confused. I'm thinking I'm going to get three ladies and a dog turn yes. up, you know. But... Um, I think in reality, my my life started, you know, gardening life started with tidy nan, scruffy nan. I had a reasonably complicated childhood. Then I moved from Essex to Devon when I was 15, left home at 16, joined the parks department. And life has ducked and dived and had some interesting <laughs> moments along the way. And I think that's what I'm going to do is explain my life, but through gardening. So it's a bit, it's like a one man show, maybe? Yeah, well, no, it is a one-man show because okay. no one else is coming with me. So <laughs> <laughs> it literally will be a one-man show. Yeah, so, and uh, you know, I did seven, what, seven Chelsea gardens of my own. Yeah, there's some very, very poignant moments in those gardens. There's some very, probably quite funny moments. There's some difficult moments. Conversations with, I don't know, the Queen. You know, the people that worked with me. I'm sorry. So, so whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Conversations with the Queen. Yeah. The, which Hello, I, Alan. Hello, Adam. Yeah. Can you do X, Y, or Z? Well, it's sort of, I was, it's interesting, Chelsea Flowers, so some people do one year and they meet the Queen, you know. It, it trusted the Royal Horticultural Society yeah. seven years for me to meet the Queen, you know, and and that was an interesting conversation. I'm not going to say any more because right. obviously I'm going to save it for the tour. For the tour. But, but there's a lovely moment at the conversation, at the end of that conversation, and and I suppose there's just lots of it. I've been I've been a lucky boy really um i've met some fantastic people along the way and um and they've grabbed hold of me when i needed to grab an old of and they've guided me when i needed guided <laughs> so i'm not going to say it's a rags to riches story but it's certainly a story that started with you just being a normal guy doing a normal job and then it's been a bit of a roller coaster to get to where you are um, today oh mate i was uh, 16 years old i was i mean i'm dyslexic so 16 years old i left home mm. um i could it was boy you can join the army be a chef or be a gardener 
um, lucky enough I got a job as a gardener and, and uh, yeah the richest thing it, I might have a few more quid if Mrs Frost and the kids didn't spend it, mate, you know. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There yeah. is that always. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Now, look, you've won these awards for gardens. The Chelsea Flower Show is such, you know, the Royal Horticultural Society yeah. show. It's such a prestigious thing to be involved with. Do you still kind of go, wow, I can't believe... Do you pinch yourself? Yeah, I mean, I now present on it, but I can remember having a conversation with, with Terence Conran, all right? I built a garden for Terence Conran in 2005. Sir Terence Conran. Sir Terence Conran, who's yep. sadly passed away in the last sort of 18 months or so. Um, an incredible man. So I went on this 12-month journey with him. I was having a conversation with him on press day, and this would have been, what, 2005. Um, and he was saying to me, what do you want to do? At this point, I ran a landscape company, employed 20 people, didn't like most of them, right. want, wanted to design, but... In reality, stood there on Main Avenue at Chelsea. Did I fit in? No, I didn't think I did. And I was saying that to Terence, and he stopped me in my tracks and pointed out that actually Habitat was only ever created because department stores wouldn't sell his furniture. And and ultimately, he started as a joiner. And he just then wrote to me and said, if you've got a dream, you need to go and live it. The same year, um, we built the National Rose Garden at St Albans, and that had like a retention of £18,000 on it, you know? We didn't have any money, but I somehow convinced Mrs. Frost to spend the eighteen grand on a Chelsea garden. Oh, which seems crackers now. I might as well have walked into a casino, and <laughs> and that's how my Chelsea journey started. You yeah. Know? So we spent a load of money we didn't have. That got a gold medal, and then we went back, and and we just carried on. And yeah, it it still amazes me that that I've been involved in that show for that period of time. Yeah. Which is fantastic, and it's great, and it's such. Again, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to... I don't think I've ever interviewed a gardener in my life, but absolutely fascinating. I, I appreciate what you do, and it's so wonderful to look at, and you watch... You know, we all sort of dip into the Chelsea Flower Show if we're at home and go, yeah. wow, that's amazing. And you're one of the people that designs them. Do you think being dyslexic has made you slightly more artistic? I, I think until I was... I reckon I was in my late 20s, and, you know, I read an article in an American architectural magazine, and it more or less said, if you were dyslexic, put it on your CV. Okay. And I could always sort of organise space in my head, but never thought that that was a skill set because I couldn't read three sentences in front of me. So I just, you know, as far as the world was concerned, I was a bit of a dimwit. But actually, you realise that maybe it does free the brain up to to use it in a different way. Absolutely. Look, you've written two books... Yeah. And you've got a third on the way? I literally finished it three weeks ago. That comes out the same time as a tour, so hopefully... Okay, what's it called? That's called How I Garden. And there's a little bit of the story of life in that one. Okay. Amy in South London has a question for you. She says, I've just moved into a new flat and there's a shared outdoor space, but no garden, really. I'm not that green-fingered. What can I do with very little? I'd say the first thing anybody getting into gardening, um, I would... I personally would start to grow food. So I would just get myself some pots, grow my own herbs, because all of a sudden the herbs that you grow taste completely different from the ones from the supermarket. See how that goes. They're quite easy to look after. Then maybe grow a few veggies the following year and then then start to add more ornamental planting as time goes on. But pots are really easy because even if you're renting, you can pick the thing up, take it with you. Yeah, of course. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I've always thought this thing about growing food, I didn't realise. So, for instance, I always start big. I wanted to grow my own pineapples. <laughs> 
Well, you know, yeah, that's that's probably why you decided not to garden. <laughs> it's not it's not the easy. If we start simple, yeah, and we we develop a little yeah. bit of confidence. So I might get to growing my own pineapples. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay, what about asparagus? Because again, apparently with asparagus, you have to like grow it for five years before you can have one. It, exactly. So asparagus, oh. asparagus loves drainage, drainage, drainage. All right. So it normally goes in a raised bed if you haven't got you know really good, well drained soil, and it does take anything up to five years to create a really good bed. But then you've got asparagus every year, which will be the best asparagus you have ever oh, eaten. It's on the. It's on, it's one of those things on my list. I only genuinely only eat British asparagus. Oh. So all the other stuff which gets imported from yeah. Peru, Mexico. I'm like, no, just British asparagus. I feel that the asparagus season this year hasn't been that good. We had a, we had, well, my, my beds did all right. We had quite a dry spring. I think as well, that's the other thing we're gardening. We're now, you know, the last four of five springs have been really dry. So right. that tends to slow that start unless things are going to get water added to them. I think sometimes what it is, the, the season's... And not so much, not as good. Probably they end up being shorter, which means you don't get your hands on. So which is much. so upsetting because I do love a bit of British asparagus. Right, I don't want to add to the heat wave hysteria, but the heat wave and my plants and my garden. What are the things I should be doing? Is there a particularly good or bad time to water my pot plants and my window boxes and the lawn? So I would anybody um, gardening at the moment, if you've got pots and bits and pieces, if you can move them, put them somewhere cooler. In the, the shade. In the shade. They, yeah. They'll be fine for the next you know, couple of weeks or whatever. Watering, I tend to sort of water either in the morning or in the evening, yeah. depending on what I'm watering. But again, it's that limitations of, of trying to balance how much water we use because we've got to be careful with that yeah. against keeping things alive. So I tend to keep things on the edge if that makes sense yeah, you know yeah, yeah. just help you know it's like a walking stick to help it through the next couple of weeks but so the, people say you shouldn't water a plant when it's sunny outside is that true well it, what can happen if you spray the foliage certain plants will will get scorched so if you imagine you put water onto a onto a you know a leaf yeah and then you're creating a magnifying glass because as the heat comes through oh, yeah, it just yeah, burns yeah, and yeah. so that's not all plants that's some plants so that's why they say it just but also as well if you're putting water down into the roots you're really going where it needs it this at the moment oh so maybe water the soil but just don't touch the actual yeah. plant yeah another question are you all right with indoor plants just whilst we're here can i, I ask I, you questions about indoor you plants? can ask me i i do prefer to put plants outside but right. i do understand that actually indoor plants have become quite trendy and yeah. quite cool and um okay let me ask my question um so because we'll run out yeah. of time yeah. i'll get the one I'm like, so an orchid right you know yeah. they're, they're quite expensive yeah. when they die you shouldn't throw it away should you no, so, so as long as the leaves are still yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you when you you're describing dying as it stopped flowering, it doesn't mean it's dead because it stopped flowering. Um, oh, this I've gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the big the easiest bit of advice with anything like that. Where does it grow in the wild? Well, if you think about it, it grows in in sort of warm, warm, moist conditions. Yeah. Halfway up a tree. Yeah. Its roots actually like light to them in an awful lot of the orchids. Right. You know, so if you look as to where that plant grows in the wild, that starts to direct you as to how to look after it. I've never thought about that. Obviously not because I'm not a gardener. But, but, yeah, that makes sense. But it's interesting because that, that's, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a dimwit. Uh, it's not complicated, mate. It's, <laughs> it's just all it is is just standing back and watching. You know, the garden is great because it, it really helps you engage in, in our natural world. And do you think, very finally, 
the the craze for allotments you hear stories of people having to queue for five years i mean let's be honest that's like me waiting for the asparagus i'm gonna grow (laughs) and you've literally heartbroken me that i can never grow a pineapple but anyway the 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 sort of the surge in people wanting allotments etc that can only be a good thing can't it yeah just so you don't you can grow a pineapple it's just a little bit more complicated all right well well, hang on on, right sorry so (laughs) i can grow a pineapple yeah i mean the victorians used to have pineapple in this country i don't live in the caribbean i live no you can grow one people they used to have pineapple houses in this country if you go back to sort of victorian gardens it was a bit of a cool thing yeah okay it was anyway allotments oh um there you go i can grow pineapple this is exciting <laughs> you're going very quickly allotments go so, on. so allotments um I, I mean i think allotments are great because you know growing your own veg is on an allotment is not just a personal thing it becomes a communal thing and and you learn a lot from the people around you so i would definitely you know, my hobby is growing vegetables as sad as that sounds. It doesn't sound sad at all. I'm slightly jealous, I won't lie. Look, Adam, your tour starts on the 15th of September. It does. It does. You're like, it does it? Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Let me assure you. If you want to get tickets, you need to go to fane.co.uk. That's F-A-N-E.co.uk forward slash Adam hyphen frost. We'll put it all on our Instagram uh, to make it easy for you to go. Um, Look, Adam, thank you so much for coming in. Enjoy the day. And I can grow a pineapple. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. I can Pleasure. grow a pineapple. I'm, over, I'm literally over the moon. Off Pleasure. you go, asparagus. I don't want anything to do with you. Guess. Yeah. Uh, the, um... Guest. Oh, yeah, it's time for Guess the Guest, your chance to win an amazing gift box from Waitrose. It's got all sorts of delicious and lovely things in it, including champagne, truffles, number one dark chocolate and ginger Florentines, number one chocolate dipped shortbread. That might be missing because the box is in the studio and I was a little bit peckish just before we had the lemon posset. So if the number one chocolate dipped shortbreads are missing, hey, sorry about that. Right, let's get somebody on the phone. Uh, on the line now, Carol in Milton Keynes. Carol, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Andy Peters. How are we, Carol in Milton Keynes? I'm good, I'm good. The sun is shining. It's a good day. It really is. Have you played Guess the Guest before? Do you play every week, play along with it at least every week? I play along. This is the first time I've got through. Well, thank you very much for calling on the day when I'm on as well, which is lovely, I know, Carol. I know, good timing, yeah, eh? <laughs> a very good timing for us both, I think. What do you do, Carol, for a living? I work at a bank. Ooh. Don't boo too loudly. No, no, <laughs> I'm not a car salesperson, right? <laughs> no, I wouldn't boo at all. I was going to say, but is it true that on Fridays, if you work in a bank, they give you like some of the used notes just to take home? Oh, of course. Yeah, only the £50 ones, though. We don't oh. get any of that small change. No, yeah. oh, Carol, you're a lady after my own heart. I get that. I get that. Right, Carol, you know how this works. I play some dramatic music like this. It's not actually music. It's actually technically called a drone bed, but let's not, you know, semantics. In fact, I've just been corrected. It's called a tension bed. Carol, this is all stuff you'll be able to talk about at the pub garden when you're having a PIMS later on today if you win. So what happens now is I'm going to ask you to tell me. I'm going to play the clip to you again, and I'm going to get you to tell me who you think it is. If you get it right, you win. If you get it wrong, I cut you straight off, Carol. Straight off. You and me, finished. Never, forever. I know, yeah, that's it. Literally never talking to you again. Uh, this is the clip. That's not my favourite um, teaser. I'm just going to tell you. That first part in the gold dress, that's not from the actual special. But you know, I tried to tell everybody to use a different clip, but nobody wants to listen. I'm just like, I want them to see the most fabulous moment. So just know, anybody, don't judge that one because there's a way better TV spot than hopefully we're going to see. But yes. Someone's being fun, fired. Right? So, Carol... Get this right, you and I keep talking. Get it wrong, 
I won't hear your voice again. So I, I'm just going to say for now, thanks for listening. Love you dearly. But if you get it wrong, you're off. If you get it right, you and I are friends for life. Sounds good. And if I win, you can keep the shortbread. No problem. Oh, you're too generous. Right, OK. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Who do you think it is? I hope it's Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, what a sad way for Carol to go. But she did let me have the chocolate shortbread. So quite frankly, I'm a winner. Uh, Carol, thank you so much for listening. Bye. She's gone. It's not Whoopi Goldberg. I got one idea who I think it is, and that wasn't my guess. So maybe I'm still in with the chance of winning. Let's talk to Jared in Slough. Jared, good morning. Afternoon. Good morning, Andy. How are you? I'm very well. How are you today, sir? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. Okay, great. Uh, You're in sunny Slough, home of all sorts of things uh what do you do yeah there we go what do you do for a living i work on the trains in king's cross oh nice okay cool lovely got a couple of days off soon have you Uh, have we i've got i've got 10 days off actually i'm going to france tomorrow oh are you oh lovely whereabouts in Brittany. oh very nice part of oh the food in Brittany is exceptional might i say Mm. have you been before yeah, I've got, a ha- I've got a house out there, so I, c- I came back a week ago, and I'm going back tomorrow morning. Oh, la-dee-dee, la-dee-da, but will you, be take- will you be taking with you the Waitrose gift box, which includes that reusable hot drinks cup, champagne, number one salted caramel truffles, ginger florentines, there's no shortbread anymore because I've eaten the shortbread, and oh, Carol no said I can keep it, uh, Dutchy no Original Organic Raspberry Jam, and balsamic vinegar from Medina. That's what Ooh. you could win. I know, it's amazing. Okay, let's get the tension bed going. Do you need to hear it again, or are you happy you want to go straight with your guest because you're confident you know who it is? I'm very happy. Okay, all right then. So this is it. Same with Carol. Jared. if you're right, we carry on talking. If you're wrong, I say goodbye and you're gone. You're off to France. No big hug from Andy. Boom, you just go. It's the lady herself, Michelle Visage. No, no, he was wrong. Oh, no, Jared, you're wrong. I need to go to another caller. Right, caller number three, Stella in Mindy. Stella in Mindy. Yes, Andy. Hi. Hi, Hi, Andy. How are you, Stella? I'm really excited. Hi. Okay, Stella, right. Where is Mindy, Stella, by the way? We kissed the Cotswolds. We're not quite as posh as the Cotswolds, but... You're still lovely. Okay, my uh, Stella, uh, it sounds lovely. Yeah. I'm going to get the tension bed on, Stella, because okay, I'm running okay. out of time and I've okay. got one song I really want to play. So, Stella, okay. this is an amazing yeah. opportunity for you to beat Carol, for you to beat Jared, who's got oh. a second house oh, in definitely. France. This is the okay. chance for you to get the champagne, the truffles, the Florentines, the shortbread, which I've already oh. eaten, the jam and the balsamic vinegar. All you've got to do is tell me who yeah. our guest, the guest is. Mariah Carey. Stella, 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 congratulations, you've done it. You're right. You are right. It was Mariah Carey, and that's who I thought it was too. Oh, thanks, Andy. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. What are you going to do for the rest of today? Oh, just cling to the... No, Pim's in the garden, in the pub garden later, like you said. Oh, exactly. Literally. Do it, do it, do it. Have a lovely weekend. 
Thank you, Andy. You too. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. And hey, have you clicked that follow button on our social channels? If not, you're missing out on all the behind-the-scenes action from the kitchen to the studio. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. I'll see you soon. Andy Peters on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio.